welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I have a great show for you today. Emerson Collins is going to be here to recap Lohan Beach Club with me. Emerson is a great actor. He was on The People's Couch, and he was also just in Rent Live. So I want to ask him about Valentina and Vanessa Hudgens. And more importantly, we're going to be recapping this week's Lohan Beach Club, which is still very good and very confusing. I'm still not exactly sure what's going on. I don't know any, what anyone's role is. One point, one of the workers had to get seashells. It's like a mystery show at this point, and I'm loving it, but I'm very confused. Did any of you ever watch the show Lost? I feel like every week I watch Lohan Beach Club, and it feels like I just watch an episode of Lost. I'm like, there's threads that are left open. It's very confusing. There's more questions than answers at the end of an episode. <laughs> you know, Lindsay's like the smoke monster of Lohan Beach Club. If you remember in Lost, remember in Lost there was a smoke monster. I feel like Lindsay's the smoke monster of the Mykonos, this island that they're all on. She's like hovering over the island and all the action. She's not getting in the mix too much, but she's always like a force, a presence. You know, and then we have the Jacks, the Kates, the Sawyers. I would say probably Mike is maybe the Jack. And then Sarah's definitely the Kate. Sawyer, I would say, is Brent. Remember, Sawyer was kind of an asshole for a while. And then Panos would probably be like the John Locke. Like he's the John Locke of the island. I realized this week that the villa that the cast members are staying in seems to be bigger than the resort they're working for, which is a choice by MTV. I'm surprised that they made it. It's very, very confusing. I can't wrap my head around the layout of this villa, this resort or their villa, but I'm, I, I don't want to sound like I'm hating on it. I legit love the show, so I'm excited to chat about that. And I won't be talking about The Real House of New Jersey on this episode this week. I'm going to try to put like a little recap up on Patreon. I'll put it up there for free if I get to it. I just haven't watched the episode yet. I've been a little busy, so my apologies in advance. I really I apologize, and I'll do my best to put it on Patreon. And if I get it up there, I will tell everyone in the Facebook group or something. Um, but I'll put it up there for free. Anyway, before I get to the Lohan Beach Club, I'll bring Emerson. Emerson will be here in a minute. But before I do... I want to tell a little story. So fast forward if you're not interested in this story about my life. <laughs> but I want to say that I was on Annabelle DeSisto's podcast, Adderall and Compliments, and I love podcasting with Annabelle. We have so much fun together. We always got it off in random tangents. And this week we were talking about childhood choir. So we started talking about our youth, and I remembered the story of my youth when I was in eighth grade and I was in the choir. And we were doing a song from Mulan. Remember the Disney movie Mulan? Of course, the music from that movie is so iconic. We all remember Reflection by Christina Aguilera. In the film, it was sung by Leah Salonga. But in the choir, in the boys' choir in eighth grade, we were singing that song, I'll Make a Man Out of You. Do you remember that one? So in the movie Mulan, it was sung by Donny Osmond for the most part. And then in the middle of that song, there was like a part that is sung by like a bunch of different actors. So we were doing the song in choir, and we were all singing the main Donny Osmond parts, and then there's this little breakdown in the middle where it's like, I'm never going to catch my breath, say goodbye to those who knew me, boy was I a fool in school for a cutting gym. You know, so there's that part. And the lines are broken up, and in the movie, it's like a separate solo for each line. So I had this flashback as Annabelle and I were talking. In eighth grade, I got one of those solos. So I was in the choir, and I was supposed to sing, say goodbye to those who knew me. <laughs> I have a terrible voice, so my apologies. But I got that solo, and I was so excited. I told everyone, I told my parents, I was like, you guys, I got a solo choir, I got a solo in the choir concert, everyone better show up. 
you know, there wasn't Twitter around at that time. But if there was, I would have tweeted out to the high heavens. I would have said, please show up to my solo performance in the choir. (laughs) I listened to the song over and over again. I practiced so hard. The choir instructors, you know, they gave me this part. And I I really thought like I had a good voice. I thought I was going to shine, shine, shine. Well, two days before the concert, the choir instructors said, it's a no-go on Danny's solo. They gave it to somebody else. They gave it to somebody else. And I was legit devastated. Like, to this day, I was devastated. It broke me. I, at the time, was on the brim of freaking out. And I was so, so upset. And I was never able to listen to that song again after that. Like, I'll Make a Man Out of You, which is such a bop. It's such a good song. So I told this story on Annabelle's podcast, and I remembered the song. It all came flooding back to me, the memories. And I thought, I want to put that song on my playlist. Like, I remember that being a good song. I want to listen to it again. So I put it on my gym playlist. I, you know, downloaded it from Apple Music. So excited to listen to it. I get on the treadmill. I'm listening. Donny Osmond is singing, singing like an angel. You know, I'm, I'm loving it. I'll make a man out of you. Okay, then it gets to the part where my solo was. And we hear the breakdown, and it's, I'm never going to catch my breath. And I'm on the edge of my seat because I'm thinking, oh, here comes the part that I was doing the solo of that apparently I was not good enough and they had to give to somebody else. So then I hear it again, and I just want to play the part that I was supposed to do in the eighth grade choir, eighth grade choir, that the choir instructors thought that I was not good enough for. So I just want to play that part, and I want to see what you guys think. I'm never going to catch my breath. Say goodbye to those who knew me. Why was I a fool and school for cutting Jim? What the actual fuck? They couldn't let me sing that fucking part? I mean, come on. Say goodbye to those who knew me. When I heard it, when I reheard the song at the gym, I was livid, you guys. Like, I, I'm not good enough to sing that part. He's literally, the person in the in the original version of it sounds like he's got rocks in the back of his throat. Like, why did they take that away from me? Was my voice just too high-pitched at the time? I know I'm not a good singer. I've been told that I was tone deaf. But <laughs> I still feel like I could have nailed that part. And I, I'm more mad now that the choir teacher took me off of that solo after hearing it and what it was supposed to sound like. And somehow I wasn't good enough to sound like it. Like, what the fuck? I went on social media. I was trying to find my choir instructors. I'm so mad about it. (laughs) Like that. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? I'm not good enough to sing that. Say goodbye to those who knew me. I feel like I hit it. (laughs) I just did it. Do you hear that note? I feel like I just hit it. Say goodbye to those who knew me. (laughs) I hope all of you escorted the dogs out of the room before playing this podcast, because if not, I'm sure they're barking right now. And I apologize. (laughs) My podcast should come with a disclaimer, like escort dogs out of the room. Like, anytime you listen to a Jessica Simpson live performance or my podcast, you should always make sure the dogs are out of the room. It's an important important step to take. Anyway, I am still pissed off about it. And I feel like, what the, what the fuck? Like, I wasn't good enough to sing that. You know who wouldn't have gotten taken off of that part? Countess Luann. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Countess speaking. We have arrived. Or, you know, Lindsay Lohan. They both have that smoker's voice. And... There's nothing wrong with that, but I just feel devastated that I was not good enough to sing that that role. So the wound is fresh and open, and anyway, you can go listen to Annabelle's podcast. She's great, and I will continue crying myself to sleep at night in the fetal position about this moment in my life. Now, I'm going to bring out Emerson, and we're going to talk Lohan Beach Club, 
before I do, I want to say that I always put the time codes in the bottom. So if you want to fast forward, I'll try to put in there like when we do the recap or whatever, so you could skip ahead. So please note that. I want to say please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. And if you want access to all the bonus episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic. That's where I'll try to put the New Jersey recap if I'm able to get to it. So you can click become a become a member and leave click the button. And for four dollars or more per month, you get access to all the bonus episodes. More importantly, you just help support this podcast. So thank you all that are over there. And again, I'll put the Jersey recap up for free if I get it. So it'll be over there. What else? I want to thank Samsung Technologies for sponsoring the show. And without further ado, let's bring out Emerson and talk about this Lohan show. Let's get to it. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this show ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, guys, I'm here with Emerson Collins. Emerson, how are you doing? Oh my god, I'm so good. Hi. I'm so thrilled to have you here now. I was telling you before we recorded, I've been wanting to have you for a while now, but... 
I am lazy. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to do scheduling and all that stuff. Fair. I'm the same way. Yeah. Like least amount of effort, greatest reward, right? <laughs> Isn't that how it's supposed to work? I know. I always just want people to like show up. I'm like, I don't want to have to <laughs> I don't want to have to schedule or anything. It's like just show up at my apartment and let's gab. After that, I'm just gonna be like pounding on the door randomly <laughs> and be like, Hey, I found a random Vanderpump cast member walking down the street and here I am at your door and we wanna chat. <laughs> I would love that. And also that wouldn't be odd because the vanderpump cast is literally like walking around around here and i see them all the time right i know i just i there's a grocery store like a block away and i i've seen like everyone from the cast over there and i live right by the hudson and like randomly to be like oh there's Kristen at brunch hey Kristen's people around town (laughs) Kristen's the elusive one for me she refuses to come on the podcast you're like long and sorted history (laughs) with Kristen. oh emerson we're gonna be chatting about lohan beach club you've been have you been loving it i have in every way this like lisa vanderpump's real world rules yeah adventure i love it too and i feel like it's People are starting to turn on it online, <laughs> but I find it so fascinating and weird and batshit crazy, and it still doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but I feel wonderful watching it. I love it, and also it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. mean that in the sense of, like, it's like a terribly produced reality show. Yes. Like, the <laughs> producers are having to do so much to make the show happen. Yes. So I have so much respect for them. I feel like it's the hardest MTV producers have had to work in a long time. (laughs) But also, wait, also, the producers, or I don't know if it's the sound guys, (laughs) but sometimes they don't pick up sound. Well, I, it's like, where are the body, like, I feel like they're having to boom mic these cast members at a beach club that is outdoors. And I feel like the only real thing happening is the weather and the (laughs) The sound of the club. Because I'm like, I don't, you don't hear music in the background all the time. So I'm like, first of all, is that DJ with the blue hair, like up there faking it so that they can record this reality show and there's no music at the Lohan Beach Club? Yes. I mean, they must be right. But then also it's like, they're not, I don't. Are, are they're always subtitled like yes and that must be because of the music rights issues i feel like yes it's like oh we had to mute something because some big song i feel like the dj's only spinning like public domain so it's like mary had a little lamb the remix <laughs> jingle bells literally it's like christmas songs and hymns <laughs> at the lohan beach club when i started this podcast i was like on youtube looking for free music and it's all just like the funniest like <laughs> oh yeah absolutely it's like now you can finally sing happy birthday and not have to pay for it which I thought about at the State of the Union last night because they sang Happy Birthday to that guy and I was like, that song used to be so expensive that movies didn't use it. Now, now everyone's playing it. It's like, on oh, every thank show. thank God, it can finally do. <laughs> I noticed it when on The Real Houses of New York when they did it with Dorinda's birthday. They were all singing. I was like, oh my God, they can use this now. <laughs> finally. Yeah. Um, before we get into the episode, I want to just give a quick Dina update. I'm watching Celebrity Big Brother. I don't know if you've tuned in at all. It's There's so many on my DVR. Yeah. It's good. I like it. And Dina's still in the house and she's coming across so lovable. Like, I really like Dina. Although she was telling a story last week about how she was getting catfished. I did see that <laughs> clip, obviously, because that was important. She did not know that she was getting catfished. She was telling all the housemates, like, she's been in touch with some guy for a few years. Five years! Five years. And, like, she's like, I've never seen him before. And they were all like, you're getting catfished, girl. And he lives in San Francisco. And they're like, girl, did you get to LA and she's like well yeah but he's busy I'm like nobody's busy for five years I know and it's like you know she's in and out of California like they could have met once out of five years as someone in California for a celebrity big brother as someone who once got catfished ma'am wait did you really oh my gosh yes from Twitter can you tell me yes it was great years ago like somebody slid into the DMs like it's like super hot you know photo 
And we started exchanging musical lyrics. And I was like, okay, you look like that. And you're like quoting Sondheim at me. Like, this is happening. So we chat back and forth. And I was producing a movie called Southern Baptist Sissies that we shot at the Matcha Theater here in West Hollywood. So it was like blocks from my house. So I was really busy. So we're just chatting back and forth. And so we set up a date to like hang out in a couple of weeks. And so we're planning to meet at the Sunset Five right around the corner. And so we're chatting one night and he says, well, I got really sick, so I don't quite look like those pictures anymore. And I was like, okay, fine. And he said, I have the same disease that Barbara Hershey died of in Beaches. And I was like, okay, you need to call me because one, that's hysterical and also terrible. Yeah. That's your reference. And so (laughs) he calls and we chat on the phone for a little while. And he was like, yeah, it's just like a disease in your heart lining, and it was really rough. And, you know, I had to go to a doctor here in Beverly Hills, and it was a long process, but I'm okay. But I just put on some weight and things, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And he said, well, I have a confession to make. And I was like, okay. And he goes, that's actually not me in those photos. What the fuck? Here's my real account. And I was like, well, I'm on the phone, so I can't check it right now. Meanwhile, I'm making a mad dash to the house for the computer to like look up the other account. And like, still a very normal looking guy, but definitely not the photos. And I straight up asked him, I said, what were you going to do when I showed up at the movie theater tomorrow to see the new Maggie Smith movie? Because obviously that was the plan. Sure. <laughs> Which what was it? Best I exotic forget. marigold no, told you? No, it was one I didn't end up seeing. It was like a random other one. Oh, it ruined okay. this Maggie Smith movie for me. Wow, that's tough. I was like, what were you going to do when I was standing in the courtyard of the Sunset Five, walk up and be like, hey, JK, this is me. I know. This is me. Oh, that terrifies me. And he was like, well, I was like, no, we wouldn't have spoken tonight if you hadn't said the I almost died thing about beaches. Yeah. And he didn't have an answer. And I was like, I'm really busy. I have to go wash my hair. And then I tweeted. <laughs> my shoes filling up with blood. I just <laughs> got catfished here on Twitter. And he was like, please don't, you know, put me on blast here. <sighs> oh, my God. And he was like, I heard if you get more he than 10,000 followers, people pay you to tweet. So that's why I use those photos. I was like, first of all, that's not true. So uh, I don't know where you yeah, heard that. Is, uh, yeah, where's This is not going to change your life. <laughs> um, where's that money? And second, I don't need to ruin your life, but you should really think about, like, this story that you're telling. It's one thing to have a random avatar and just interact with people, but, like, we were going to go on a date. What did his uh, catfish picture look like? Like, what did he look like? <laughs> it was, like, a blondish guy, like, with, like, a rugby ball in his mm. arm. But I even did the thing of checking to make sure there were multiple photos, and they all looked, like, similar enough. Wow. Um, did you ever see that clip from Catfish? I never, I don't watch the show. Matt watches the show, but where some, the girl was like, you shouldn't have called me a fat ass Kelly Price. <laughs> yes. I mean, I correct. Know, that's what I'm picturing. In my yeah, head. I know that's, that's not what happened to you, but that's all that I'm thinking about. But it was right now. very <laughs> thrilling and exciting experience for me. Well, I imagine this man went on to Catfish Dina because somebody is Same. catfishing her. Yeah. And I am thrilled by this story. <laughs> I'm loving Dina in the house. And she just, she seems so like... Lindsay seems so rough around the edges, you know, like with the with the smoker's voice and like she just I don't know some but Dina seems so like meek and kind and sweet. It's it's bizarre to me because I always had a different version of Dina in my head and so now I'm watching and I'm like this doesn't seem like the Dina that I always imagined. It actually does for me because not to psychoanalyze someone else's life cuz life is hard for everybody. Yeah. But I actually get from that the the sense of like the best friend thing rather than a parent mm. that I feel like is Lindsay's parentified child behavior. Mm-hmm. You know that like Dina seems great, like a great friend, like somebody great to hang out with. Yeah, but not a mother. But maybe maybe, the, not maybe the best that aspect figure. of the relationship didn't yeah. go. Yeah, makes sense. 
Anyway, let's talk about this episode, shall yes. we? <laughs> Before it started, also, real quick, I do want to say again something totally unrelated to the episode. Teen Mom, have you ever watched that show? It was like playing before the episode, and I just, I haven't been watching it for a couple seasons, but there's very aggressive cartoon graphics on it, and I just need to know. I need <laughs> I somebody know else that was to know. part that. of the thing. I never like got into Teen Mom because it just, I'm like, I'm from Texas. <laughs> it was just a normal thing. And so, like, rural and like suburban, like, I don't know. It's like these five Teen Moms are special when there's like, <laughs> they exist everywhere. Well, I'm just, I'm taken aback by the cartoon nature of Teen Mom because they're just literal, the graphics on that show. I mean, I just caught the tail end of it and it was like I was watching a Pixar film. I mean, it kind of <laughs> makes sense. It's for kids having yeah. kids. <laughs> Okay, so last week on, we ended the last episode with the Gabby versus Janita fight. Yes. And I thought going into this episode that Janita was going to go home. Did you think she was going to go home? I'm still gobsmacked that they didn't immediately. I assumed we were operating under like MTV Real World rules where like, you touch somebody and you're out. Like, legal. That used to be MTV's law. Yeah. It changed like, I don't know if it was like five, six years ago. I remember talking to Jordan Wisely from The Challenge. And he told me that that used to be the thing. If you put your hands on someone, that was like an MTV rule. The cast members knew that. And then somewhere along the line, one of the real world seasons, they changed it up. And then it was under producer's discretion. So it basically then, the whole network became, people would go on these shows and they would fight and they would know they would not. Now they know they're not going to get kicked off the shows if they fight. Right. Which is weird because... When we were growing up, yes. when I was young, <laughs> and when I was a youth, I remember they any sort of slap or anything, the person would go home. Yeah. And so it's weird to me now that MTV just totally changed the rules. And yeah, I thought... Because you know what we need? We just need more violence. I <laughs> like know. The, it's, I, yeah. it's, it seems like a strange line to just give people carte blanche. I think of like Steven and Irene, like all the oh, way right, back, right, right. real world. Like, bam, in the face. And like... <gasps> that on television and go home. Mm -hmm. You know, like that Mm -hmm. there was a nice line in the sand of that, like no matter what somebody says to you, physical violence is not an acceptable response. Yeah. And now it's, and now, especially with the show, because Lindsay's message on the show, she keeps reminding us is that, you know, she got in a physical abuse relationship and, you know, she wanted to take back this beach and all that stuff. And so it's weird to me that they're accepting it. I don't know. Um, There was a, there was a real world fight that just was coming in my head and I lost it. Oh, no, I was thinking about Snooki. Do you remember when Snooki got hit by the guy at the bar? Yes. And they, MTV wouldn't even air it. Like, they aired a commercial or something, and then they decided to not even air it. And then now we're just airing everything. And I know that was, like, between a man and a woman, so it was maybe a little darker, but still. Right. I don't know, but it violence. seems like there's a difference between, like, a mild slap and Janetta, like, swung for her like yeah. she was going to take her head off. It was like a slap and a punch. Like yes. She literally put her fists up. It was very weird. Um, you know what was also very weird was Lindsay showing up in that denim Canadian S- tuxedo. <laughs> Stop. Like, I don't understand. Like, the denim <laughs> short skirt with the modesty panel. <laughs> like, it, it genuinely looked like she was at a high school somewhere and they were like uh, two inches from the knee. <laughs> and so she, like, sewed in a denim pillowcase underneath. Like, it was a bed so, skirt skirt. It was so mind-boggling. Like, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I was like, what? What is over the skirt? Like, what length is that skirt? It like she was surprised reenacting a Mamma Mia scene somewhere. <laughs> like she was like the winner takes it all. J.K., we need you to come she, moderate a fight. She was probably auditioning for Mamma Mia too. I'm sure they filmed it right around the that resort. That was actually the whole point of Lohan Beach Club was this long <laughs> extended audition process. She's like calling up Amanda Seyfried, like please, She's like, get what me can in. I do? I have a club. <laughs> so Janita apologizes to Panos, and did you notice Janita's? 
her shirt changed because last week she had the sorry, sorry not, not sorry. sorry. Yes. And then this week she had the realizing stuff, which is like that uh, Kylie Jenner. And I do respect like an outfit change mid-apology tour. It's like <laughs> you go on the morning shows and you do four in a row and you're like, no, we have to change clothes. Yeah, we got to do it for now. It's also how we shot the people's couch. <laughs> like, Wait, did, what did, you guys would just... <laughs> just change clothes to watch a new show all in one mm-hmm. day. Oh, so it's been a really be long time, I can say that now. It would be a different episode. And so then... it looks like it's a different night. But yeah. we didn't shoot seven nights a week. I want them to bring back the people's couch, and I want to be on it, because I want to watch TV for money. I'm so available. Yeah, let's it's just... <laughs> like for $3 and a roll of duct tape. Here, let's sit and watch TV and talk about it. I mean, I'm still doing it, just with no audience. Me too. Just yeah. yelling at my own television. <laughs> just, fine. I'm yelling into this microphone. That's why I'm yeah. here. I was like, Danny, I need somewhere to talk about my trash TV. <laughs> so Lindsay shows up, and she talks to the girls... She said, you popped off. She's telling Gabby. And she tells him, she's like, this house is for Lohan branding. It's not for fights. And then she tells a story about how she would, you know, she used to do this. And I couldn't even focus because she, did you notice her rosy cheeks? Yes. I feel like Lindsay looks different in every scene. Correct. Right? Yes. Like her outfits, her makeup, it's all, even her confessionals, it's like they shoot them differently. I'm like, I don't know which one we're going to get. Yes. And also, it seems clear that she doesn't know, like, the production plan even for the day. Because <laughs> sometimes it's like, we're done. And other times it's like, we just dragged her off the patio somewhere where she was like, wait, we're doing what now? <laughs> she's smoking a Marlboro. Like, she's literally, she's like, <laughs> she, she and the gays are, like, cooking dinner. And they're like, no, come now. I know. None of, uh, the whole show does not make any sense. Like, I still don't understand what's going on. But again, I love it. Oh, Jonetta interrupting Lindsay, though. Can you just listen for one second? I was like... <laughs> bold move. Uh, so bold. Yeah. So brave. I was shocked that Janita wasn't fired. Shocked. Because also, Pan- she was rude to Panos. And like last week, she's like interrupting Panos in the same way. And it's like, why isn't anyone firing her? But then I also think like no one has the ability to fire her. Like Production must be in charge. I'm sure they're in, obviously in charge. Of- in every way. I mean, because if Panos was really in charge of the show, like he should be. Like yeah. It should be Panos' feet, Lindsay Lohan occasionally. Mm-hmm. But that's the show. Because he's a star. He is a star, yes. And an effortless star. Yeah. Like, you can tell he's not thinking and talking the way people often do on their first reality show season, where they're, like, really trying to give you sound bites. Mm-hmm. He just, like, sits and says things, and I'm like, I'm obsessed with your He says, it looks like he's doing exactly, he's being exactly himself, which yes. always is the best for a reality yes. TV star. The only thing I don't like is the headphones. Like, I need him to get... <laughs> to, to deal with... Different headphones. The phone situation. Or none of them. <laughs> uh, you know what's interesting is Vanderpump Rules, I heard that they... Well, obviously, I think it's clear from watching. Like, Lisa doesn't have any control over the casting of the show. Right. So it's like, she could fire someone from the restaurant, but right. she but then can't they can get rid of cast. Kristen right. from the show. But I think that's great, though, because it's she controls the part she should, the restaurant and what's yes. happening, and then we still get to be involved in people's lives. But I think sometimes people watch Vanderpump Rules and they think Lisa can control the casting, and she has no control over that. No. Otherwise, I think a lot of those people would be gone. <laughs> but... Yes. So, uh, Lindsay also cried about the beach story again. You know, she... She said another woman shouldn't hit another woman. She kind of references the Me Too movement. And she's like, especially in this time, it shouldn't be women hitting women. But then it's... And I I get how they tried to uh, switch it up to make it so that it was a a positive... Like, it was a learning experience for Janina, but it also was a mixed message to me. It was a strange, like, full-circle feminism. Like, women shouldn't be beating up other women, but also we want to lift up other women. And also remember that one time I called Paris the C-word. So, like, there's all all these, like, (laughs) journey through how how we should treat women. That clip when TMZ... I don't know if it was TMZ or one of, like, the paparazzi caught Lindsay in the cab, and they were like... And she called Lindsay Paris the C-word. Yes, that's... And then then they come around the side. She's like, no, I didn't. She was like, what? What are you talking about? I love Paris. It's one of my favorite like screwing with the paparazzi things 
And I get it. I mean, she moved literally to Dubai so people couldn't do that to her anymore. <laughs> she was like, I've made all my jokes. I'm done. Quit. Women don't hit other women. Lift up other women. And then she teared up talking about it. And I was like, that is what's going to get you that Oscar in 30 years. I see. I thought the tearing up was poor acting. Like, I, I was like, this is really bad acting, Lens. Well, it's like she forced it in a moment that didn't need it. But the fact that she can do it. You're an actor. Do you think she was a good actress? Like, I'm talking back. In the I, day. I actually really do. I think prior to all of that, like, I think if you look at the range of the stuff, uh, and you get to like Prairie Home Companion and that stuff, I think Lindsay Lohan is genuinely talented. Yeah. I've always thought that was the greatest tragedy of it all is that like the personal life getting in the way of doing the work. Um, and I really do think it is the reason, like, in, in 20 years after, you know, the beach clubs are all around the world and she's finally doing a, uh, decides to get that one indie thing, she will win an Oscar. Oh, you think she's going to win an Oscar? Yeah, if somebody finds her, like, the wrestler role, like Marissa Tomei, like, something like that character in 20 years. You know, I always felt like she lost her confidence because of all the personal stuff, because some of her later roles, like, I know they were worse productions or, like, more low-budget kind of productions, but it always seemed to me that she wasn't as great of an actress as she was when she was a kid, because I think when she was a kid, she was so overly confident, which, as an actor, it's such a... What's the word? Such a good thing to have. Yes. (laughs) And I feel like she lost it along the way. Well, I also think when your personal life becomes that big, you're not showing up at work ready to work. Her personal life became bigger than big. Yes. As Carrie Branch, I would say. Okay, (laughs) and then uh, Janita apologizes, and she said she wants to spread peace and love, and she said, that's why I look up to Lindsay. Wait, I wrote down a quote. I want to spread (laughs) peace. I want to spread love. That's what I'm all about. After I literally swung swung at a girl. And then close-fisted. (laughs) <laughs> i do appreciate though the, the like oh by the way i have backstory of like a difficult childhood that they made me a violent do. person and gabby was like by the way my hips didn't work like they all have these backstories that are so sad though who was it was it sarah or may i get them mixed up but i think it was may. sarah oh <laughs> sarah we haven't gotten any backstory other than like i'm pretty and worked at hide right right one of them was like i had to move a lot and it's like <laughs> oh my god every single one of you has the sad it's backstory. like when american idol got towards the end and Blake always called So You Think You Can Dance, So You Think You Can B-Roll, because like it doesn't matter how you dance, it's your backstory that matters. Mm-hmm. The American Idol, when we got to the bottom of the barrel and one girl was like, my parents got divorced. Mm-hmm. Like, that was her sad like, backstory. Yeah. Like, so we were, over 50% of America. <laughs> we were out of car accidents and, and real traumas, and we were like, my parents got divorced and that was hard. <laughs> you know, I think it was last week or the week before, Brent said that he was bullied in high school, and somebody that went to high school with him DM'd me and was like, he was a bully in high school. Which is clear. Clearly correct. Yeah, it's clear. Um, but I I was so shocked that Janita said that's why she looks up to Lindsay. And it's like, why? Every single week we're getting these people giving these sound bites of like, that's why I've always looked up to Lindsay or that's why I want to learn from Lindsay. And I'm here to learn from Lindsay. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? None of you should be wanting to learn from Lindsay. Yeah. This is Lindsay's like personal growth phase. Like when were you looking up to her? Yeah. What point in life? And I don't mean that as a judgment. Like I have been through things, but like she is not reached the inspirational phase other than like, good for you. You got your life together and you're being a professional. but. What was it? Six months ago, you were kidnapped, trying to kidnap a Syrian child. Like I know, and I'm still on the. I, I'm watching the show and I'm loving, it, but I'm still on the fence of like. I don't think that she's doing that well. <laughs> it, she doesn't seem like she's doing that great. Well, it seems like she's doing fine. She's doing yes, not yes. inspirationally. Fine. She's on the edge. She's like teetering that line. She's of, like found a a place that allows her to like 
meditate Live. and do things and also like move forward with some business ideas mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like building blocks yes not yet an inspiration <laughs> like, yet. i don't know that we're woman of the year awards no, yet not yet not yet um they have a group meeting and mike showed up with his top off <laughs> my I favorite would... thing that none of these people can wear clothes to meetings no no i mean and but Lindsay had such a problem with gabby like wearing her bra at a meeting while they were at their pool at their but pool here they are at work doing their group meeting and mike had no blouse in sight <laughs> and <laughs> Lindsay did not even blink twice. Bye, 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 Mike. <laughs> so Lindsay then said she was going to fire everyone, which, again, she can't just fire everyone. <laughs> because also, how many more bartenders are there from West Hollywood to bring? I know, I know. <laughs> we searched the world. Four of them are from West Hollywood. <laughs> so we have to talk about something very important. Lindsay told a story. Right, do you know what I'm going to say? The Georgia Rule story? The Jane Fonda Georgia Rule story. Right. Okay, okay, Lindsay okay. reference. I'm so glad that you thought it was Jane Fonda and Georgia Rule too, because it was, right? Obviously, so Lindsay yes. said, she told a story about being 30 minutes late to set. She said, I was working with a woman, I was 30 minutes late, and I, and I was livid that the other actress made an issue out of it. It put me in my place. And we we know, the you know, the gay, the gay community knows <laughs> yes. that this was Jane Fonda that yes. shamed her. And I went and I looked it back up because I was like, that's definitely Jane Fonda and Georgia Rule. And the story was she walked into the makeup trailer after she had been repeatedly late, like significant amount of time and was like, we're all waiting on you. And she left. And then Lindsay turned to the makeup people and said, Barbarella just yelled at me. Uh, uh, To be a fly on the wall of that set. If Jane Fonda had dressed me down, I would have retired, moved to Juneau, Alaska and be like Mm -hmm. an ice cream truck driver. I could have been like, this is it. I'm done here. (laughs) That's the the sliding doors version of Lohan's life. Yes. Yeah. I, I love that story. And I mean, there's such great, great stories out of that Georgia rule experience that I would just, and Prairie Home Companion too. Like I would love to know what that was like. And I phantom remembered that like Meryl Streep, like wrote her a letter on Prairie Home Companion about the same thing about her professionalism. I remember a letter. Yes. Was it Meryl? Yeah. I feel like, but I, I thought that was, I thought the letter was Jane. But maybe I'm mixing it up. Jane, I re- Jane, I could find the clip on Meryl's. It was the like po- too long ago. <laughs> the point is, all of these older actresses hated working with Lindsay, <laughs> and it must have been a nightmare. Uh, so then, Lindsay said she wrote Oprah. Did you catch this? A hundred percent to ask her for her advice. And if we're going to pretend like Oprah didn't immediately say fire everyone and start over, who? Who do you think Lindsay's texting that she thinks it's Oprah? Like, who is getting these texts, emails, and calls? Who changed their contact information in Lindsay's phone to just say some, Oprah some, so they could text Someone her. is getting, someone in Where's Oprah Station, some Chicago number is getting, <laughs> some Chicago number is getting text calls from Lindsay that are just like, hey, hey, Oprah, it's me, Lindsay. <laughs> so, I have these employees, one of them punched another one in the neck should i get rid of them what should i do and and oprah's like no it's fine write it out <laughs> it just baffles my mind like who is Lindsay getting in touch with and she she's referenced oprah in every single episode i mean appropriately i think this was the first episode she didn't reference putin but that's neither here <laughs> nor there like, they're like i feel like putin shooting this champagne gun have you noticed also like we saw a scene of them eating dinner at their house and then the next day, it's like they show up at work at different times because they give us a time code. Sometimes it's 10 a.m., sometimes it's noon. I don't understand, like, what time they're reporting to work. I mean, they're not doing real jobs, so it no. doesn't matter. They're <laughs> My favorite thing is that there are bartenders and barbacks and a DJ, and you're literally just hired to be the pretty people. And your jobs are things like, 
I don't know. We need juice. Oh, can you help me find pretty seashells? And the one, what was her, the girl couldn't find the pineapple drink? Or yes, what did she and pineapple infused vodka. Oh my god! And May was like in tears about the juice. Like, how did she even get hired there? And they work from maybe ten a.m. to dark. Do you? And also, they're <laughs> drinking the whole time on the job. Like, they're drunk by the time they're driving home, and it's like I, I just don't get it. I mean, it's and it's also obviously a brothel. It's like. When you get a job that doesn't have enough, and so you get in trouble. I had a temp job in college where they had nothing for me to do. It was basically open the mail and like be available. If someone needed something, there was nothing to do. And so I was secretly chatting on gay.com all the time. And then I got fired because they thought I was looking at porn. And I was like, no, I'm just secretly in the closet chatting with people because there's nothing to do here but open letters for 20 minutes in the morning. <laughs> yes. I had a That's similar this. temp job. I wasn't chatting on gay.com, but I was just on gmail the whole time and like i wasn't doing anything because i was like the uh secretary or whatever like the person who answered the phones you know and i did nothing i was there for like two years in chicago and then they fired me and then they started asking after they like they were like okay we're not gonna extend your contract so i had like two weeks left on there and then they started giving me things to do and i was like i'm not gonna do that like why would i do (laughs) that you just let me go like (laughs) but like that's all of these people they're like i don't know shots take another photo at the ocean and they don't even take good photos like the sun will be in the background i'm like why are you also terrible photographers for these guests i know i know and then the vip clients today uh, this episode it was terence j and jasmine which were apparently Lindsay's friends who were jet setting through europe and Gabby and Janita were assigned to them. And Panos said the worker's job is to get good Instagram stories for them. Like, that was their job the whole for job. that day. <laughs> yes. Also, but we need to pause and discuss his, like, purple leopard fringe vest. Because that moment was truly iconic. Uh, I love Panos's All of his looks. Yes. Like, every single time he's on screen. That's, him and Lindsay, it's like, I'm enjoying that part of the show. It's just yes. like, what do they look like now? This, like, Mykonos fashion. Like, what is international jet set fashion? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> also, so for Terrence J and uh, what's her name, Jasmine, they made Janita go get seashells too. And that was a low point for me. That was the highest <laughs> point of this episode. And like, the, this is what I mean by the terrible producing. They're like, who are social media famous people that Lindsay knows that we can get in to come in and do in person Yelp reviews of Lindsay's Lohan Beach Club? They're like, oh my God, this is so great and what people need. And like, <laughs> sidebar. I went to Mykonos on a giant gay cruise, and literally it's just beach chairs as far as the eye can see on every stretch of beach. They're all the same. So you didn't go to Lindsay's resort? No, this was years and years ago. Resort. Uh, Right. I didn't make it to Lindsay's resort, but they're also all just beach chairs. You couldn't come up with the two assignments this episode where I want to maybe do a hair treatment, and can you find me some pretty seashells? (laughs) She sells seashells by the seashore, like, and then she came back like thirty minutes later with like four shells. shells. And she was like, seemed so proud of it. And I was like, what PA had to go help her find the prettiest shells to bring back and be like, here for your Instagram. And the fact that they showed it too is so weird because something like that, I would imagine if Vanderpump Rules did that, like, I don't imagine them showing us like her getting the seashells. Like, I just feel like they. They would just not show it. They'd find something else to show on screen. Also, so that's the beauty like, of it. That whole storyline was crap. Like, what is that? No, we're not using that. No, you know what I found interesting about this show? Because I recap Vanderpump Rules, too. In this show, so many different things are happening in the episode. I find it much harder to recap than Vanderpump Rules. Because Vanderpump, they'll have maybe three or three story threads going throughout the episode. But it's three for an hour episode. Like, this, a thousand fucking things are happening. Like, I don't know how long they filmed it for. but it's like. Janita getting seashells is a five-minute storyline that just ends then, and then they move on to the next storyline. Whereas Vanderpump Rules, it's like, 
even the three storylines, those will last throughout the whole episode. Yes, there's multiple parts yeah. to the story. And if there's only one moment, they don't use it. So, like, that's not enough of a story, and exactly. it's confusing. And what this show genuinely does badly, because I watched a shit ton of reality television. Right. And I have the hardest time remembering who is who if they're not in, like, the one story they've made this episode. Yes. I was, like, in the background, Aristotle, I, like, forgot his name. It's hard. I was, like, you know, the floppy one that got naked and worked at Revolver. But I'm like, what's his name? And you wouldn't think... He's hot, too. Like, I wouldn't think I would forget his name. But you're right. It's like every one of these people, they get... They're in the background for so long, then you forget they come to the foreground, and you're like, who is that again? I find it very difficult to recap the show and take notes. Like, I take notes while I'm watching, and I just find it like... I feel like it's all over the place, and and it sort of keeps you on your toes. (laughs) Because... well, And also, in the middle of that, I did love Terrence and Jasmine's, like discussion of don't you have black people looking bad here in Mykonos at Janetta and she was like well here's the thing here's the thing here's Oops. what I did I know but yeah like half every week I'm like the only people's names I constantly remember is Brent because he's been a big thing in every episode he's been the star of the show so far and Gabby because from the like tits out moment all the way through she's had the most but everybody else until they like make them a story point again I'm like who is that in the back the guys like the Aristotle and who's the other one Alex the tall one I had to like but literally recapping this in my notes I had to like put an asterisk and be like oh right Alex is the one who was also fighting for Sarah before Brent decided that she was the gum on the bottom of his shoe but they're in love (laughs) that's my recap their whole relationship we're gonna get to their relationship in a second but it's a fucking mess did you see the Game of Clones commercial (laughs) yes oh I'm so glad you wanted to talk about that I wrote it down because this might be the best worst most terrifying thing like if if listeners haven't seen it please go watch the Game of Clones that's the new show on MTV coming where it's like the MTV reality stars date people that are their type that all look the same and then MTV like dresses them all the same it looks insane like i look like an snl sketch it's genuinely might be the most personally because also a show about dating people who are all basically the same as the bachelor like we already have that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so this they just went a step further and made like the hair and clothes match too yeah but i was like can you imagine being one of those people like we're so excited to have you on our dating show but basically just because you're exactly the same as these six other people (laughs) nothing about you is unique or interesting exactly and there's no way to sort of gain anything like at least when you go on the bachelor i feel like you can get out of The Bachelor and you get a bunch of Instagram followers and then you could do sponsorships and stuff. Like, but this, this is like, they're all going to come out of that show. No one's going to know who the fuck they are. And I'm sure the deeper point is they're going to say, do you think yeah. underneath they aren't all the same? I don't so know don't judge that, the book by the same shiny cover we put on it for this marginally famous person who likes this very specific type. I know. <laughs> the people competing too. It's like Cara Maria from The Challenge. <laughs> right. It's like, this is interesting. Polly D's on it though. I like Polly D. Isn't he the host though? Because that seems right. Oh, is he? Or is he No, dating? I thought he was like a guest. Oh, well, that's... But then it's weird because him and Vinny, they announced, are going to have their own show. Like a dating show. That seems right. So I mean, like... Vinny and his watermelon penis. I, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> when Snooki Snep slept with Vinny, and afterwards she, she said, it's like a watermelon. I do not remember that. Oh my gosh, and you I should find every episode of Jersey Shore. I she need to watch that. She definitely said that, because I have obviously never forgotten it, but it was the greatest compliment. Wait, who would you most want to sleep with on Jersey Shore? Oh, it was, it was always Vinny. Always Vinny. Okay, yeah. interesting. I'm more of a poly D, I think. I get that. Yeah. But I like, I like Vinny, too. Anyway. Vinny, Sorry. I always like the, like, actually, like, genuinely smart, like, going to law school, like, yeah, doing the Yeah, he seems like he's thing. got a head on his shoulders. Yeah. Polly G seems, like, very dumb, but, like, lovably dumb. Correct. And I like that. Harmlessly. Harmlessly fun. dumb. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, dumb straight guy that I <laughs> love. Meanwhile, Mike's off to prison by 
Yeah, and the, well, who's the other one? Ronnie's a monster. Uh, from the get-go. Yeah. Um, but anyway, tune into Game of Clones. <laughs> I don't know when the fuck we'll it's airing. We'll have lots of thoughts but... about that, too. <laughs> can you, wait, can you imagine recapping that? There's going to be seven people that look oh the same God, with different I names. I know. <laughs> be like, I kinda... You're going to have to just number them one through seven. <laughs> like, number so three, then Cara Maria hit on number four. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, so did you see this fight between Mike and May? Yes. So did you catch for a second? Mike was like in an uproar or something about May. Not doing the dishes. But then, in one quick moment, they subtitled it, Mike called Janita Shaniqua. Shaniqua. Or Shamika. Can we talk about that for a second? Like, what the fuck was that? I was like, that casual racism jumped out. Because... It was... Yeah, it was. It was like, why did this happen? (laughs) That's also one of those names that, like, white people use when they, like, want to make fun of black girls' names. It's, like, not a real person's name. It was so offensive, and it happened so quickly, but they subtitled it, and somebody, I don't know who it was, called him out on it. But I was like, does he not know her name? I mean, we're only on day 11, but he should know everyone's... They should at least know each other's names. Or is that, like, (laughs) some joke that we missed the thing? Like, I was like, that was dark, and that you subtitled it so we'd see it, and then didn't come back to it. That's the whole show, though. That's this whole show. When Lindsay says, like, I feel like Putin, they just rush past it, and you're like, what? You're all of a sudden, like, taken aback, like, what the fuck happened? And that's when I want to tell the producers, like, egg that fight on like yeah, ask yeah, yeah. her so what did you think when mike said or i would at least like like them to cut to a confessional of janita saying you know i can't believe he called me shaniqua like why did he say that he knows or this is an inside joke between right. us or something it's like they just show us that and then they move on so quickly it's like what the fuck just happened i don't know but meanwhile okay so the fight about the dishes yeah i actually love this even though it was sort of annoying because i feel like 80 percent of reality tv living shows the fights start from people cleaning or not cleaning the house. Yeah. Like, whatever the bigger issue is, it sits on top of, like, the people that do all the work and the people who don't do any of the work. Right. I once lived in a house with eight guys, and there were three. Like, five of us could get through... Three that didn't work. There was five of us could get through one bathroom in the time it took two to get through the other, and they never cooked, they never did dishes, and finally we just left them in the sink for Mm. a week until they had no dishes left to clean. Sure. So I respected this, but also it's the most boring thing to watch people fight about. Yeah, you don't want to watch people fight about it, but I did... I did like that there was, I don't know, I would be as, I would have been like Mike, I would have been pissed, I would have known my housemates' names, and I wouldn't have been racist about it, but I, I would have been pissed about the dishes. I, absolutely. Yeah. You would, I agree, you don't want to see You would see, see me be super chill all yeah. the way through it, and that would be the thing I exploded about, but then I would leap from the dishes to like, and also, why are you always crying at work? Like, everything <laughs> I had to say to her your would t- start Your showers from, are too long, because you're crying too much. <laughs> literally. Like, cry in the shower like a normal person. <laughs> Quit crying at work, and also do the damn dishes. <laughs> You know uh, what I was focused on this whole time? Did you just see Jules? You know, Jules is boring. Yes, Jules you know, the model, but I had to look up her name again. Yeah, she's very boring. And I noticed she was eating a grilled cheese with Red Bull, and that was the grossest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, that was what she was eating at night, like, during this whole fight. It was a grilled cheese and a Red Bull. Ma'am. And it was, like, 12, 1 a.m., and I wondered, like, is she going to stay up all night? Like, are they filming them all night? Like, why is she drinking Red Bull so late? Yeah, am I just old that I'm like I can't drink a Red Bull? Like that would just keep me up all night. I know, and then to be chasing a grilled cheese with Red Bull, I just thought, oh my god, like that's that's disgusting. Maybe that's a sign of your twenties, I suppose. I guess, like early, 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 early twenties. I will wait. I do need to stand for Mike's. I'm a very nice person, and I have a very long fuse. Cut to immediately in the van. I am not the one. (laughs) Not the one. I know. I feel like Mike is on the edge of. He's like trying to become a reality star. He's like trying to do the things that would make him stand out in this cast. It's not quite work. It's not there yet. I feel like his and Alex's story was really great until it yeah. fizzled after the kiss that was clearly half a second that we had to make it in slow motion to make it seem long mm-hmm. enough to even be a story point yeah. because they only ever played it in slow-mo. Yeah. And right. then they had the awkward 
it's it's fine. It wasn't weird. You're just the only homosexual as far as the eye can see. I'm like, there's a whole gay nude beach on this right island. Down the, right down the street. Like, let them go. <laughs> Literally, there's... It, and that'd be fun to watch. Full gay nude beach. I'd love to, to see them go to that gay bar or whatever. And there's yeah. a giant gay bar right at the end of the key where I did see one of the best drag queens of my entire life. Really? Like, lip sync to Celine Dion, and she definitely spoke no English. And it was exquisite. I need to go. I'm, like, dying to go to Mykonos, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> anyway, I, we gotta talk about Brent and Sarah for a minute. So they apparently love each other now. It's been 11 days. Do you, I have a theory on this. I think they, and some people have DM'd me about this, too. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that they set this up. Like, I don't think that they're were ever actually in love or feuding. I feel like they just... We're like, okay, we'll get more hammer time. We'll get a potential second season out of this. Like, if we just pretend to be in a relationship. This is one of the worst examples of a crafted showmance mm-hmm. I think has ever existed on anything because you have been there exactly four and a half minutes. And it was, they literally put it up on screen 11 days and then immediately jumped to the word boyfriend and girlfriend. And then, wait, I wrote it because it's so crazy. The love language? Sarah That's said. not my love language. I know. And then. His I don't like odd numbers kiss me two or four times. It's so weird. Which explains the that. OCD like light to dark thing that he did a little later. But wait, it was the when they were getting ready to they're both, I think they're both monsters. Like Brent is the more obvious monster, but I feel like Sarah was in on the whole thing. I care about you so much and I think that what we have is so beautiful. That is not the kind of thing that attractive narcissists in their twenties say to each other. And which I, is how you yeah. know it's fake like yeah. they're both giant narcissists and brent's acting is just not good like i you can tell he's lying it's just so weird he's and when he was trying to explain like i fall hard and quick i was like fuck you like you're just lying yeah. about all of this remember exactly five days ago when you said that she was the gum on the bottom of your shoe yeah that they were got, what did he say she wasn't even a six or so like he said a she four was and a house six. full like, of twos you. or whatever fuck you yeah oh no just kidding i'm in love with you yeah i don't i don't like sarah and her sparkling personality like what are you drawn to first of all he's an asshole and i do like him on my tv though she is a a straight-up misogynist and making good tv but the relation this is though my favorite when people fake in reality tv because this fake showmance led to a very real fight Yes. And that was amazing. That was what it was worth it all. <laughs> Absolutely. In the end. And so the next day, the new ambassadors arrive. And Kyle, right when I saw him, I was like, that's my type. Like, I was very into Kyle. I, like, sexually, I mean, like, I was Correct. very into it. And yep. then Kayla, I know from the challenge because I've always watched the challenge and I don't oh, like I didn't realize her. that's where she came from. She came from the challenge. She was on, she's been on recent seasons of the challenge. Got it. And I don't really care for her on the challenge, but I'm excited for her to be on this show because I've, the, all the things I've heard behind the scenes, it's like good. It's well, going to be good stuff. And also, she was new to me. And I got a very like Sheena with tattoos vibe. Oh, interesting. Um, interesting. Early Sheena, like yeah, not you... later. Like sad. Like I've been married and divorced. Like early Sheena entrance because I wrong. appreciated her like walking in and sort of immediately sizing up everything correctly. Yes, yes. You know what's interesting? You mentioned Sheena because the Sheen <laughs> is that a pun? I don't know. The uh-huh. Sheen on the MT. The Sheen on the Bravo reality star there's like a sheen on the bravo reality stars yes. it's like and then when you watch mtv it's like there's just like a level of i don't know garbage <laughs> it's like they take the vaseline off the camera or yes. the filter off the camera and that's mtv stars yes it's very weird to compare them yes but uh, yeah kayla i didn't really care for her on the challenge but she's spicing things she up. did a lot for me arriving here yeah i wondered if she was hired right off the bat like if they knew going into the show if she was hired but they just didn't want to bring her in because people know her on mtv with the amount of like casting how long it takes to cast these shows like none of these people did they actually go find like oh we need no. some new people yesterday <laughs> so they, everybody was waiting in the wings yes. like 
I also noticed that Kayla's vocals are similar to Lindsay. Like, I feel like they smoke together, and I like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then Panos introduced Ka- Kyle. <laughs> See, their names are hard. Kayla. Kyle's Kyle going to be hard Kayla. for me because I, that's such like a standard name. At yes. least like Janita or Kayla, like I feel like are a well, like, more interesting. We have Kyle, Alex, Brent. It's like straight up a like Vanderbilt fraternity cast like, name. Did you ever see that Barry's boot camp meme where it's just like every trainer's name is Matt? Yes. <laughs> That's what it's it yes. like. like yes. Everyone's just named Matt. So then apparently two models are visiting. They're going to be the new VIP clients. Ka- Kayla and Kyle do really well. And Panos said he needs Brent to be single for the client. And again, and he says they need to be willing to do anything. And it's like, this is definitely a sex ring. Well, they don't have actual jobs, so they're basically also escorts. They are totally it escorts. it could just be for dinner and conversation and or fucking. I just don't understand how, like, Panos and Lindsay keep saying on camera, like, they need to be doing whatever it takes. And and <laughs> I feel like as long as you don't actually, as the boss say, <laughs> prostitute yourself, it's fine. She ha- They've done everything but say the word prostitute. Except that, like, <laughs> Brent in the first one... Like, straight up did it himself. Right. So he set the bar at the bottom, where that girl who, like, didn't realize his mic was still on and in the dressing room basically said, put it on my butt. <laughs> like, so, so <laughs> we are stepping over the bar every week where someone We've doesn't have sex bar. with a client. Yes. <laughs> did you see Lindsay showed up in more denim? Uh, yes. She had more denim and a flamingo hat. The was summer Mykonos. Denim. And All the rage. <laughs> so Kayla hates Brent right off the bat. I, I wrote my notes. Good job, Kayla. I was excited about that. Yes. And she said he's, he's insane for pretending to be in a relationship. The VIP models arrive. Brent already, like, right when those models arrive, he's, like, on board. He's ready to sleep with them. And Sarah's getting jealous. And I got it. I was like, poor Sarah. Like, I would be jealous, too, if my boyfriend... If, if we're believing that they're together and in See, love, that's which problem. it's not. It's, but I would be pissed. Because the flip side is, though, with these models, he didn't do anything with these models but drink with them. So Sarah's reaction, even if it were real, was absurd. So the reaction was overblown right. because it was fake. Because yeah. he didn't even get to the point he got with the last one. Like, y'all aren't even doing this well. No, he needs it's... to kiss one of them before you get upset. And we've only seen one kiss between Sarah and Brent, too. So it's like, that's why it's also hard to believe their relationship. Because it's like, we're not even seeing any physicality between the two of them. Like, he definitely has more of a relationship with that first guest. <laughs> what was her name? <laughs> Natasha, I think? Yes. Anyway, did you... You know how the VI, the model client was like, can you give me a massage? Do you think the producers made her say... A hundred percent. They tell these people... Like, the girl who's like, I want a hair treatment. Nobody goes to the beach and wants a hair treatment. You're going to get sand in the seaweed or whatever. That's true. Like, I didn't even think that. Please put kelp on my hair, but also, like, then it's just going to be sandy when you... Where are we washing this out? Like, I have so many questions about these tasks. I know. Find me seashells. Like, nobody said that. Yes. Yes. I don't know. A producer definitely a said producer it. I don't know. To do it. We need them something... Uh, seashells. Again, and that the whole model situation was another storyline thread that just came and went so quickly. It was like, yes. okay, I thought that was going to go somewhere. She asked for massage, and then it just sort of ended like Sarah got mad. I don't know. None of and, these threads lead And anywhere. the good producing is you have to make him do the massage, and then you have Sarah walk past, and she didn't know that he was doing the massage. And you mm-hmm. show him saying, don't worry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my job without crossing the line, and I'm going to be respectful of our relationship. And then she catches him doing the massage. Like, that's how you produce this. Yes. The end. You need to get on board to produce this. That, also, Brent said to Sarah that she was so lucky, and I just wrote in my notes, fuck you. <laughs> Correct. Like, she was so lucky to be with you. Fuck you. She's so lucky. She's a star. Then they all go back to the villa, and there's this fight with the clothing. And I would have been... So, I know Brent's a monster, and he deserved to get all of his stuff taken out of that room. But I would be so outraged if somebody took all of my stuff. See, and this is where I disagree. Like this, I was annoyed at Janetta for making me side Janita. with Brent. Janita. 
Am I saying it wrong? No, I think, I think you're right. It's I have that weird like phonetically early on before anybody said it. I just like decided yeah. like Henrietta. Like I feel like Etta. It's the Southern boy in me. Mm. Um, for making me side with him. Because they had this super fake fight about their relationship, and then he walks out, and she decides to get in the middle and say, I'm going to move in here. The room that was his to begin with, and touching his stuff, I was like, no, this is back to the MTV like original rules. You don't touch people's stuff. They do that, too, a lot on the challenge. Like That's happened almost every season. Like Some of the cast members will bully another one, and they'll take the the stuff and like throw it in the pool and it always outrages me like every time i see it on a tv when i see someone take someone's suitcase and either sometimes they'll put it in a pool i feel like what was camilla on the challenge like maybe threw someone's stuff in the pool i don't know it happens a lot the first time it ever happened because it was years and years ago that somebody Mm -hmm. threw somebody's full suitcase into the pool and literally i I was more offended by that than by like someone slapping someone because i'm like yeah my face will be fine in 10 minutes you destroyed their clothes for the whole season all of my stuff yeah I, it's You're an emotional terrorist. Unacceptable to me. Um, but my favorite part of that was Mike walking in and seeing it happening and saying, I have nothing to do with this, and turn around <laughs> and walking back out. The whole thing was hard to follow for me. Like, there was like a, a glass thrown, Sarah threw a glass at one point, Janita took the hair gel out. It was a lot yeah. was happening. And then we got the terrible edit on the rest of the fight. Like, when did the hair gel end up in Aristotle's hair? Like, we just saw the shot of it. Do you think they have a smaller crew? I guess, but they like, must have a smaller crew there, like camera crew. But work it out. I know you can do it with two camera crews. I was on an episode of Below Deck. They Were shot the really? whole thing with two cameras. <laughs> Wait, how did I miss this? I must have. I took off a few seasons of Below two Deck. Two seasons when ago, were you on it? me and the I boys did it, it with the psychics. Oh my god, with I Doctor Drew's it. wife and a bunch of psychics. They only had two camera people. Yeah. Oh my god. So like, you can do this. Yeah. Successfully. Well, you know what? Maybe they just can't get the best camera people for the show. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's not super availability in Mykonos. Um, so the next day, they all arrive at work at 11 a.m. Again, what time are they showing up? And Lindsay still has this weird thing against Gabby. And the episode ends. It ended with a domestic violence PSA. Well, yeah, because <laughs> now they're worried. They had to send security into the room in the fight because they don't know who's going to actually punch somebody out now. I mean, talk about all over the place. This episode is really all over the place. And yeah, and... I love the show, but it's all over the place in a way that actually makes watching hard. Yeah, totally. Like, it makes it hard to follow the stories. It makes it hard to remember who somebody is until you force them back into the main storyline. And it looks like it's not going to stop getting confusing because we saw the mid-season trailer. There's, like, drag queens, there's waxing, there's Gabby versus Kyle, or Gabby and Kyle hooking up, Lindsay versus Kayla. That's what I'm most excited about. Like, Lindsay called Kayla the C-word. Yes, and Kayla says that Mean Girls shade. It's just because they were in Mean Girls one time, which is my favorite. <laughs> one time. Like, well, <laughs> like you were in a, a, the only movie she was in twice was The Parent Trap. What do you mean? Everybody's only in a movie once. Right. I know. It's like, no, she didn't do like, the Like the idea of the line was too. great, but the like, the follow through on well, the, on that's the an MT- That's an MTV reality star right <laughs> there. That's what you get, get there. <laughs> that's what she gets. However, that said, whatever this waxing story is, I'm here for all of it. Yes. No, I can't. Again, I don't want to sound like I'm not liking the show. It's just hard to recap because there's so many story threads going on. And it's like they don't follow through. It's like we see, you know, Brent and Sarah fighting, but I don't feel like we really got a resolution. Whereas something like Vanderpump Rules, which is how I'm used to watching TV because I watch so much of that, they would either end it, like they would put a cap on the storyline, or it would be to be continued and they'd end it the next episode. Like this, it's just like we keep kind of. And they don't do a good job of using the cast members that are not major story 
to help explain mm-hmm. moments we missed in the fight. Like, I would have immediately cut to right. Aristotle. How did you end up in the room with pomade in your hair and the security guy standing in front of you and then talk to the three of them standing in the doorway with their cocktails? Like, we just came to watch. Right, right. What, like, what was your version of what you just watched? Help explain it again for our audience. Or someone like Cynthia in Real Houses Atlanta, I feel like she's always the glue to, they'll cut to her to explain what's happening, like yes. you just said. And I feel like we need that with one of them. Like, who, uh, one of them, I can't even think, Aristotle should be on camera telling us what's going on. Yes. And also because he's pretty and I'm just like looking at him. I know. I like, I think all the boys are pretty on this. Like yes. I like the casting of the men. Yes. A, a plus. A wide variety of lovely. Yes. I I'm know, here Which it should be. They're in Mykonos. They're pretty people I mean, there. they scoured the world for the best <laughs> bartenders and servers. <laughs> Found them at Revolver, Hyde, and the Abbey. Yes. <laughs> Emerson, this was so fun. It's my greatest pleasure. Before I let you go, I have yes. to ask you, you were in Rent Live. Tell me about that experience. More importantly, tell me about, I want to know about Vanessa Hudgens and Valentina. Were they nice? Yes. And like, I have done all of this like too much and too long to like, I would tell you if this wasn't the case. It really was the most glorious experience. And I think because for those of us that grew up with Rent being really important in our lives, you know, that it was the first time we saw queer people in musical theater. I was the kid watching musicals on TV unironically. That's how I first encountered them. And everybody came to this project with, I think, a love of what this is about. This crazy, diverse story with all these queer people about HIV and drug abuse. And on network TV, too. That's on amazing. On network yeah. television. You know, with only minor dialogue changes that that shows how far we've come since the original musical came out. And Michael Greif, as the original director, really wanted to focus on the humanity of these people. And to be self-indulgent for a second, this this very specific character that I got to play as a small moment through the story to really visually reflect someone living with HIV. You know, in in 1996, people knew, people in New York in the theater scene, friends were still dying on a regular basis. And that isn't the case now. We have a whole generation who probably came to this as Tanache fans and Jordan Fisher and Vanessa Hudgens fans who don't know that. And I felt honored to be a part of, like, bringing that aspect of the story to it. Now, to your real question, asking I know, about what a, how awful of me, though. I'm just like, tell me about Vanessa Hudgens. The, I <laughs> but was, you're right about that. I mean, I think it's so important, especially, like I said, in network TV, to be showing something about HIV and AIDS. I feel like that's still such a taboo subject, and, and it's presented to a mass audience, I think, is just so important. Well, because you think about in our modern storytelling, we have Pose and How to Get Away with Murder that have like full-on addressed in a nuanced way HIV that isn't about just someone dying mm-hmm. immediately, you know, with multiple aspects. Um, and so that's the really, the really real part. And so, to the, like, fun... Here's the kiki. Uh... I was so impressed that everyone was like on board and game. There was no weird levels of like, they're the eight celebrity principals and we're the featured players in the ensembles. It's like 29 people like climbing together to put on a show. The first day we arrived at the Fox soundstage, we're all working on stuff on stage, like figuring out spacing things. And Vanessa Hudgens is over there on what's going to be her platform, like rolling around, running the number, like by herself. Like I was blown away by how much it's just about the work. I mean, she's lovely. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, this is my work, like, this is my job, and I'm over here, and I want to do this well. There was none of the, like, she-she nonsense, like, treat me special, or like, I'm somebody. I am to work. It was like, this is the work, and I want to do the work. I've been so impressed with her lately. Like, she's been doing so much work with the Princess Switch and Second Act, like, and then, you know, she's in another, she's just doing so much. She opened two different movies while we rehearsed this show. Yeah. And the night that we finished, she was on a red eye to Atlanta to start shooting Bad Boys the next morning. Oh my god, she's gonna be in Bad Boys 3? Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Like, like, but like on a red eye, like off to work. Um, I also love Valentina because I'm a huge Drag Race fan. And Obviously. so it was lovely, lovely to see Valentina. When I got cast, 
I was more excited to realize Valentina and I would be working together while Drag Race was airing than I was about being in the show. Yes. And she was great as well. I was so impressed. She reminded me most of Willem, actually, of the like queens I know well, of like, I am so focused on like what I want to do, what my career is. And that applied to every aspect of that. Like, teach me how to do the drums. Like, let me work on this choreography again. Every Friday night, we were in rehearsals while Drag Race was airing on the East Coast. No looking at my phone. She was like, girl, that gig's over. I'm yeah. here. I'm, I'm so I'm here. Oh, I need I to like do that. this. I need to kill this. Angel is the beating heart of the show. If I don't do this well, like yeah. Yeah. everyone will hate it. And I want to do this job well. So every new thing that she discovered, because all of this was new to her, you yeah. know, she's yeah. a great entertainer, but had not done this kind of work. She, all she, the question was always, how do I do that? How do I make that work? How do I get to it? Yeah. And genuinely lovely as a person. She yeah, did also ruin her illumin- elimination for me. Oh, no. On Wednesday night. I was so devastated when she was eliminated. And Manila. Manila was my favorite. I was, like, uh, you I, know, I, I like every other From gay, way back upset. at the get-go. Yeah. I've s- stood for her long before. Like, I've always thought she's one of the queens who does comedy and fashion together in a way that no other queen from Drag Race yeah, has ever totally done. Totally agree. But Valentine, no, it's Wednesday night. We're like d- doing dress rehearsals headed for the show. And there's a point in the show where Angel's already dead. And I don't have anything left to do before the finale. And we're chatting and she's on her phone. I was like, what's going on? She's like, I have to do all these interviews for Drag Race in the morning because I'm getting eliminated on Aww. Friday. And I was like, <laughs> you just, ruined it, you just ruined it but also then i laughed because i said you could not have scripted this better yeah you went home on friday night yeah and 48 hours timing, later timing. you starred on network television in an iconic yeah queer role yeah it's it was great and she was great emerson this was lovely the last question i have for you is what's your favorite mariah carey song I like everyone. and i know and i've always thought about giving you like a fake bullshit answer to be like a higher minded no but it's not all i want for christmas like yeah, that's my christmas that's at my house growing up was a sport it started in august and my season starts with that and i'm so depressed about christmas being over like i'm still not over it they finally my neighbor just took down the tree and it's been up literally all of january they took it up begin it took it down beginning of february and it was the worst day of my life like at least i got like a glimmer like every throughout january i would see it through the window and i'm like oh there's a little piece of christmas store. my parents and collect nativity sets we have 90 of them we used to sing Christmas carols in four-part harmony and play handbells together oh as a family. I love that. Like, Christmas is a sport yes. at our house. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, Twitter at actually Emerson, Instagram at Emerson Collins. Emerson, thank you so much. I love you. Thank, thank you, you for, for having me. This. Bye-bye. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in LA. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing, because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, they just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, and also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com.
Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to Get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. the show thank you all for listening i want to do our little cool down now at the end of the episode so let's all take a deep breath in hold it breathe out let's take another deep breath in and let's just think of a resort a vacation we've gone on in the past family friends breathe out just think of that wonderful vacation memory and take a little time to relax today regather your thoughts enjoy the day think of a happy memory i love you all so much for listening thank you to emerson bye-bye Icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanten, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and 
and all the sexy bites in between. In this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.